Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A car shopping experience meets an out-of-body experience. With 50,000 cars added daily and unbelievably smart matchmaking, the new Cars.com. It's magical. And good morning, everybody. We are live. This is a bonus edition of the Falcons podcast, a Tuesday morning edition. We said we'd see you Wednesday, but goodness gracious, Nick, I don't think we had any idea what the Atlanta Falcons were going to pull off in the first 24 hours of the contact period. I refuse to call it legal tampering. I'm calling it the contact period of free agency and hoping it catches on. Um, and then, you know, we're getting ready to come talk. Let's, let's like I messaged you yesterday. I'm like, let's, let's do a pod on Tuesday morning. We'll talk about it. So I wake up to more news. Taylor Heineke signing his quarterback. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense, Nick. What's your gut reaction to Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons? Solidifying the room, adding a backup with a little bit of playmaking and athleticism to his game doesn't keep the Falcons from pursuing Lamar Jackson or a drafting quarter drafting a quarterback as well, in my opinion. I haven't seen the numbers yet, um, so I guess that could change my opinion on that as well. But I feel Taylor Heineke as a backup for sure, so I would not. It's, it's high end backup money at ten million per. Okay, well, it also makes me think that maybe Ritter could be flipped in a move uh, that includes Lamar Jackson. So, uh, especially given his cheapness, but I, I still wouldn't let it keep me from evaluating the quarterbacks here uh, this cycle. And you solidify the room a little bit more. You raise the floor. I mean, it's just yeah. that's one of those kind of moves. It seems to me, and this could, you know, hindsight could prove this could be completely wrong to me. But Tom Pelissero comes out and says. Desmond Ritter is the starter. This is high-end backup money for Taylor Heineke. Okay, so they're backing now Desmond Ritter as the starter, which they haven't really said, and they're leaking that to Pelissero. You know, yeah. Arthur Smith hasn't flat out come out and said anything. He won't. He won't make predictions like that. 
Um, but, uh, you know, as the stream's opening up, push, appreciate y'all coming in and hitting the uh, the like button and everything. Um, so for me, I actually put it in writing. I said, this should end any speculation about Lamar Jackson to the Falcons. I guess it ne doesn't necessarily do that. I don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson today, no. though. Yeah, until something happens, I'm I'm putting that off. Yeah. I think I think Lamar Jackson to the Falcons is dead and dusted. I, I I do. I think it's Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, and that is a very good quarterback room to have. You've got a a good quality starting quarterback with experience who can mentor and learn and, and help teach. While he's good, he's a good athlete. He's a really good runner, Nick. Yeah, he's good to run that system if you need it. If there's something that doesn't quite work, I think it's an excellent pickup for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think it's a good one as well, especially if you are in on Desmond Ritter. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, for them at the quarterback position. I also think that you know the Falcons were linked to trying to trade up to the number one overall pick, and obviously that did not come linked to by who? The Bears. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh reports coming out of the combine um but uh kind of the team like the raiders also that uh once you didn't get up there you can you kind of said to yourself oh well we're probably not going to get the quarterback that we we're interested in this cycle we'll have to go elsewhere and make a move so uh, i again be perfectly comfortable with desmond ritter uh but not to the point where you have horse blinders on to the other quarterback avenues and possibilities yeah i just there's i i like you said i think it gives you the the luxury of not having to overspend you've got yeah 11 million dollars in your quarterback room right now that's still dirt cheap mm -hmm. um which lets you go out and do things like make all these signs which we'll get into momentarily now that the chat's opened up a little bit and reached some of y'all in in the facebook world and in youtube world i want to say good morning to some folks including michael rankio always with us this morning michael good morning um and michael says that was a great signing on taylor heineke among others that we'll get into over the course of the next 20 minutes or so. <clears throat> Mike Givens says, good morning. Good morning, Mike. Appreciate you being here. Um, Michael Rankio says, the Atlanta Falcons and Denver Broncos are winners of the first day of NFL free agency. I think the Bears had a pretty good day as well. Um, those are the, the big ones that really came to mind. And it, I saw conflicting reports that Aaron Rodgers to the Jets actually happened. It, it hasn't happened yet, has it? No, it's, no not, it's not official. Okay. I didn't think it was official. That was... That's going to be a big move for the Jets if and when that comes through. Big Al says, good morning. He is very happy. He says, what a great day yesterday for the Falcons fans. I love it. I, I think of this as an historic day. Yesterday was an historic day for the Atlanta Falcons. In, uh, in soccer and in international football, you call the spine of your team right up the middle. You go striker, center, mid, center, defense, goalie. That's right up the middle. That's the spine of your team. The defense yesterday went defensive tackle, linebacker, safety the spine of your team right up the middle for the atlanta falcons is, is all and, and let's get ready to salute major upgrades um with david on yamada kaden ellis um a high upside linebacker who can get after the quarterback his seven sacks last year for the saints and 11 starts would have led the falcons from an inside linebacker position which tells me he's got the versatility to move around in a bunch of different spots at 6'4 and 240 pounds and then obviously Jesse Bates is he might be him and Anyamata are kind of the big tickets. I'm not sure which is which. I, I don't I don't care. I don't care who you say is the bigger one. That's huge. 26 years old, just turned 26, six year in the league, up and coming. He's gonna spend his prime years as an Atlanta Falcon. 
yeah, all good signings. I'm not as aware, uh, not as familiar with the linebacker uh, who came in at Ellis. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. you mentioned the sacks numbers, saw that as well. The pressures are also great. So if you're trying to be a team that's going to be a little bit aggressive or use some simulated pressures up front or anything like that just to get Scott rolling this morning, uh, then uh, that's interesting. Obviously, you have some familiarity with uh, the defensive coordinator now in Atlanta. In, uh, is it Nielsen or Nelson? I keep getting It's Nielsen. It's Nielsen. Ryan Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Nielsen. Uh familiarity there so and then my favorite signing is probably the Anyamata one just because mm-hmm. this team really needs defensive line help you're still hunting for edge uh but that's you added a no doubt starting piece to that front to help that unit out which is a, a great thing for a falcons defensive front that has been woeful uh the last half decade ryan adonis very active on the uh on the comment section appreciate you coming in live today too ryan uh he says hey scott a plus on si- all signings i say we get a right tackle in the draft who do you see at number eight now with the new signings all right i've got to look this guy's name up again because i was thinking yesterday and i i, I almost feel bad about it so i hope that person is here i don't think it was roderick but maybe someone someone came in one of our regulars came in and he said jalen mayfield uh, at right tackle, and we we really kind of poo pooed that. We're like, you know, no way. And I'm like, all right, well, dun, what dun, if dun. it was? You know, <laughs> offensive line coach, and I can never remember his name. And I need to get a tattoo of this guy's name, um, Dwayne Ledford. Okay, so let's say Jalen Mayfield, who was drafted as a right tackle was put in an emergency left guard who only had 16 starts, 14 starts at Michigan, got a red shirt year last year. If he is scheduled to be the right tackle, they'll bring in competition, of course, but if he ends up being the right tackle and it works, I'm starting a petition to build a statue for Dwayne Ledford because he's the best damn offensive line coach in the history of this game. Which is crazier, that Caleb McGarry would take that leap last year or that Jalen Mayfield could be a serviceable right tackle in the NFL. I think the latter is still more far-fetched. <laughs> yeah, based on what we saw from Jalen Mayfield. Also, coming out of Michigan, I thought he was going to end up in guard, just his profile suggested mm-hmm. guard. Uh, so that's a, he's, He was drafted as a mauler. Like, this yeah. is a guy who should be a mauling. Oh, well, that's a guard. He's a guard. Yeah. Well, he wasn't a good guard, but he's 20 years old when he came into the league. And he still might have a chance to be an, end up being a solid guard on that rookie contract, is what mm-hmm. you're looking for. But... Uh, I, right tackle. I think you're still looking for a right tackle. Caleb McGarry's still out there, and you guys got money to spend. I, I mean, he, the fact that he I didn't hear anything yesterday from him. McGlinchy gets, what, 17.5 per season. How about Juwan Taylor, Scott? I knew I was big on him. I was like, oh, he should be there, but uh, betting on upside there, I guess, moving him to left tackle at $20 million per. I mean, he's a great athlete. He's got great length, and he's uh, two years, two and a half years younger than McGarry and McGlinchy, so I guess that matters. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, McGarry's still out there. He, I would... I would hope that you'd bring back McGarry uh, just yet. You know, he works in the scheme. Maybe that first wave of free agency, he didn't find the deal that he wanted. I mean, I've said it on here a hundred times. Atlanta did everything they could to keep him from pure drop back uh, pass protection looks mm-hmm. last season, which is a red flag in my book, but keep him going forward in this scheme. I think it's probably best for both parties. Maybe even get him on like a one year kind of prove it deal. Say do it again. Um, give him big guarantees. That would and- be the franchise tag. Yeah, but less than the franchise tag. I know, but how much less? You know, when you're talking about a, t- a $2 million risk or something, maybe give him $13 million. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, McGarry was great last year, and, and I was as harsh on McGarry as anybody that isn't a Twitter crazy person. You know, someone that actually would have to look McGarry in the eye one day and say, listen, I didn't think you played very well. I, I mean, I, 
for, you know, for someone that could actually be held accountable, I was as harsh on him as anybody. He was great last year. Uh, he was. Um, you know, what about, you know, left guard is still kind of an opening too. Mayfield, that's what he played last. He played as a rookie. Redshirted last year. Eli Wilkinson's still there as a free agent. I'll tell you what, just for our, our, our Broncos fans on there, and we'll get more into this on Broncos for breakfast, but it tells me a lot of what the Denver Broncos thought of Dalton Reisner when they were willing to spend big on the guard position and not on him. I don't want Dalton Reisner to be linked with the Falcons at left guard either. Yeah, so it's a big day yesterday. Obviously, talking about guys still out there. The first big move yesterday, though, was the Falcons announcing seven a seventh round pick to the New England Patriots for former uh, Arthur Smith uh, tight end Johnu Smith. Uh, Johnu Smith signed a monster contract to go to the Patriots, and what a monumental failure uh, he had that signing was for the New England Patriots. I think over the last. Three years he had 52 receptions. Uh, f- 52 receptions, two years, yeah. Two he years, was, oh, he okay. a four year deal. It was, it was there two years, and he he barely cracked 500 yards, I think, was about where he was. Just, um, just horrible for them. But you're only seven to seventh round pick. If it doesn't work out, you release him, and there's no dead cap, I believe, in that situation. So, this is a great deal for the Falcons. Uh, gives them another weapon that they can utilize in the uh, heavy formations 21 personnel, 12 personnel. Johnny Smith can be moved around. I think this is this is a deal that good teams make and teams that have uh, extra financial capital and have a vision for a specific scheme they're running. It says on spot rack, so I'm not sure why he would be he, some of his guarantee unless his base salary was guaranteed and not part of a bonus. But it says it's a six point six million dead cap. Wow. But at eleven million with a twelve million dollar option with zero dead cap, he screams restructure to me. Yeah, we'll pay you the six that we are owed. We'll sign you to a two-year deal for 10. Uh, so I still think that Jonu Smith is up for a restructure. Uh, and that was part of the discussion before you make that trade. Um, but he was a, was a good blocker. So, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, some of the, well, what does this mean for Kyle Pitts? And I didn't see too much of the panicking around of like, you know, is he hurt? Is he, you know, is he going to be back? Um, and time, yes, this, this, if this affects anybody, it's going to be Michael Pruitt. Um, Michael Pruitt is somebody I want to be back as to, to be in competition with John Smith for that second tight end. He played great last year Mm -hmm. Um, and he was coming off an injury and played very well. So that went big on my, my Facebook page, you know, the trade, you get the Patriots in there and the Falcons. So on Atlanta Falcons fans, and you know, there's some people, a lot of the Patriots fans are saying, thank God. Well, that's fine. I don't, I don't care how he played in, in with new England. He played well in Tennessee. That's why he got a $50 million contract. Mm -hmm. Let's see if he can become that guy under Arthur Smith again and become a positive player. And you're right, Nick. This is a kind of move you can make when you've got some financial flexibility. Yeah, exactly. So great oh, move. Back to Ryan. Yep. Where do you go at eight now? Let's say it's not McGarry. Do you have do you do you have to go right tackle here? Right tackle is one of the three positions. Uh, right now, it's edge, cornerback, right tackle, and that's what it was before yesterday too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we had the show yesterday. I'm like, what are you looking, Nick? Well, cornerback and edge, obviously those make sense given the positions, how valuable they are, what they get paid on the market, the needs on this Falcons roster, but also offensive line, you know, keep. Yeah. Keep the strength, the strength. You're, you're, you're locking up on me a little bit. I can, I can pick that up a little bit. I, um, I don't want it to be right tackle, but if it's not McGarry, it, it probably should be. But again, there's I don't see any way a rookie right tackle come come in and play as well as Mary McGarry did last year. So you're using your number eight pick and not improving the team, uh, you know, right away for for the 2023 season. I don't want to see that. I want to see an 
I want to see a guy that comes in and improves the team. Um, so I'd like to see McGarry come back and I'd like to see that spot used on edge or corner. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, Big Al says Gonzalez, at number eight, that makes sense. I'd be happy there. I'd love, I'd love for them to be in love with an edge like Lucas Van Ness um, could be in that spot would be someone could watch too. Big Al says is a longtime Falcons fan. I've not seen free agency signing day like this. Me neither. Uh, I mean, there's been some, every once in a while, there's been some splash signings, but nothing like this. And Nick, we promised you, we, we promised you as I was doom and glooming this team the last two years, that the off season in 2023 was going to be fun. Falcons have delivered, man. They have delivered already. Yeah, they have. And we got RC plane builder saying, welcome Taylor Heineke. Welcome home. Awesome. Good to see RC plane builder. Also see your guy, Joe from, Cannon's in the house. I believe I forgot. Taylor Heineke's from Gwinnett County. I think like Grayson high school or somewhere right in there. So he's, he's from right around here. I'd forgotten that RC. So appreciate the, the, the recall on that. Kevin Fitzpatrick says, good morning, fellas. It's fun being a Falcons fan again. Hey, if you can't win in the season, let's win the off season. No, I, I think it is it is very fun. And Mark Schrader coming in says, good morning, guys. And Mark's coming in with some stars for us. So thank you, Mark. Thanks, Love Mark. you for it. Hope you're doing okay. Um, Jeremy Sean jumping in. Uh, they thought, we all thought, um, I've already forgotten what we were talking about on that one. <laughs> I missed the reference. We usually get those, but I've already like forgotten what I was saying five minutes ago. Uh, and Joe Cannon says, great morning, Scott. Great moves by the Falcons, including... I think the second move after tight end was an extension for Chris Lindstrom, making him the highest paid guard. If it were to kick in, someone may sign a new contract because his, his it's an extension. His contract doesn't kick in until after this year. So his, his contract is still cap neutral for mm -hmm. 2023. And then he's got a five-year extension. So he's on for six more years, Chris Lindstrom. Um, he's under contract. Great, great signing. I mean, yeah, he everything you want when you when you draft a guy. He's he's been that guy, and then you reward him. He's I think he was our Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. He's great in the community. Just absolutely love it. Um, him and and Cordero Patterson might be my two favorite Falcons on this team. <laughs> yeah, I hope that we start to see some uh, Chris Lindstrom jerseys out there in the Falcons community. I mean, offensive linemen don't get the love, but Lindstrom is arguably the best garden football and he's paid like it. Now you just got a little bit more guarantees and per year than uh Quentin Nelson and good for him. I mean, he's 20, 25 years old. He's incredible. Uh, was voted all pro by a number of out, uh, you people outlets last season. So he's amazing. And to get that done, I mean, it was never a question. Uh, it was never a question of if it would happen, it was how much and when, and uh, glad to see that we passed that because he should be a Falcon for the next 10 years, honestly, but six years makes sense. Dirk Lawrence coming in says, good morning, rise up. I don't know if I can say the other one. I can get two out of those three. I'm on board with you, with you, with you, Dirk. I have trouble with the, the one in the middle, though. And, and go Blues, that's a Chelsea guy right there, too. So we can uh, we we can watch sports like most of the time, maybe not all the time. Actually, I don't – I'm not I, – I spent so much time working college football that even though I went to Auburn, one of my best contacts at Alabama was Kirby Smart. Um Alabama got so many guys that I had ranked highly that I wanted them to succeed because I root for me. You mm -hmm. know, when I say Julio Jones and Andre Smith are number one at their positions, I want them to be number one at their positions, et cetera, et cetera. But Dirk, 
Love you. Come on in. And uh, thanks for being here. And Mark, again, flashing those stars. John Pope says, morning, boys. Ah, it's a great day to be a Falcons fan. It's not very often that Falcons fans get to say that. This is one of those where it feels pretty good. Um, and I think with Ryan Adonis, I think I said on on uh, in the comments, like I said, y'all, hit the comments if you watch this after the fact. I'm going to jump in all the time. Uh, Ryan Adonis, uh, I, I think I said back to him, isn't it nice when the administration does the obvious you know, and doesn't try and outsmart everybody. I felt like Dan Reeves was like that. It's like, you know, no, we're not going to take this big ass kicking defensive end from Alabama or LSU. We're going to go get this guy that ran a four, three at Wichita, Northwestern Texas state that nobody's ever heard of just to show you how smart we are. Oh yeah. He's he busted. It was obvious what the Falcons need, Nick, and they've gone and done it. That's fine. It's fun. Isn't it, John? It is fun. It's still some avenues to improve the team. Uh, we keep talking about, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the draft. Uh, but yeah, I mean, um, my favorite signing was probably the Anyamata one, like I've talked about, you know, just getting that space eater up front. He's had, he's a little bit more of a down year in 2022, but I think you can credit that to the Saints in general, kind of being down last season. But they're all, and, their defense was still good. I mean, they yes. scored a top five defense. So, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're picking on him and other people are, are feasting. You know, he was still yeah. part of a very good unit. And he's a really good player. I'm um, really versatile, great against the run, and gets you some something solid uh, there in the middle. You know, he can be a linchpin piece for that defensive front that you can build off. And you know who should be just over the moon about that signing is Grady Jarrett. I mean, getting a running mate on the inside that can take some pressure off of him, eat some bodies, you know, to just get him some better chances to shoot gaps. I mean, he's still got to work on those edges. Uh, but as far as Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett goes in that interior defensive line, I mean, now you also don't have to rush back Graham. Um, you can kind of little slow play him a little bit just to see what happens with him. I think it's, that's a great signing. I'm, I'm biased though. Uh, like you're going to hear me and talk about in the Broncos one for a bit. Hey Nick, what was your favorite signing? The defensive lineman. Um, but uh, that's, <laughs> I, I think it was a good one for them. And with somebody that obviously we linked to them for a bit, I was a little bit not disappointed, but I was like, I oh, seen Marcus Davenport go for one year, 13 million to the Vikings. I was like, mm-hmm. that would have been nice on that Falcons front. Uh, but uh, getting, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, the defensive tackle from New Orleans uh, was David Anyamata. Anyamata. I guess, okay. yes, Anyamata. I was like, oh my God, I don't have it in front of me. So can't have too many tabs open, Scott. Otherwise, my computer will crash on me. It's while <laughs> We're I'm getting waiting for a computer today, I hope. Yeah, come on, Chad. Let me know when it's coming in. But uh, yeah, Anyamata, uh, great signing for them and probably the. The biggest one is the safety. We haven't even talked about much yet. So let's Bates. say Joe can. Yes, I know Jesse Bates. Wake, yep. Wake Forest, I think. Let's hit. Let's hit Joe real quick. Have we heard anything on Elijah Wilkerson? Um, nothing. I haven't heard anything. He's just someone I've been advocating for. Uh, you know, he played on one million dollars and was a as a solid. Even if he was just average NFL starter, that was leaps and bounds. And, and that's not what you're necessarily expecting from a converted right tackle playing left guard for the first time to be able to get middle of the road average. NFL starter play at left guard meant he was pretty darn good um, next to him. So haven't heard anything yet. He was banged up a little bit towards the end of the season. So we'll see how that affects him. Um, John says, I think Broderick Jones can do what McGarry does and more maybe, but not right away. You know, I, I have, I have a really hard time picturing any rookie coming in and playing as well as, as Caleb McGarry did for the Falcons last year. Um, I don't care who it is short of Orlando pace or Tony Baselli. I can think of a few over the last few years that maybe could, but uh, they're, they're not in this class and uh, you're not going to get a chance at them. You know, <laughs> Tristan Wirfs, Penny Sewell. Yeah, maybe. Um, Penny but, Sewell uh, wasn't as good as a rookie as, as McGarry was last year. Uh, we might have to agree to disagree. 
on that one a little bit just because of how McGarry, how much McGarry was protected. Yeah. Um, Sewell, but I, I, but I know you love, Sewell. Well, you know how I felt about Penny Sewell. I wanted him yes. at four. If it wasn't my, my options for four, when we took Kyle Pitts in Atlanta was, was, Justin Fields. uh, was trade down Justin Fields trade down Penny Sewell. Those were my, my top four. Right. Um, how do you guys feel as Falcons fans so far? I'll let the chat kind of handle that one. I think Falcons fans should be damn excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what I've kind of said about this ownership. I, I kind of consider it an age test, Nick, when people start complaining about Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner. I'm like, y'all didn't live through the Smiths. The Rankin-Smith era was, this was a piggy bank to be drawn money away from. No investment in the team. No investment in the facilities, the, the the fan experience, nothing. If Arthur Blank has had a fault, it's by trusting some of his lieutenants too much and wasting his money. He gets the right people involved. Arthur Blank is one of the best owners in this game. He will invest in this team. And you've seen it. You've, you've seen it. Now that they've gotten a chance to get out from under the, some of those Thomas Dimitrov contracts, this is the first time, and now we'll see how they've done. I, I, but I'm really happy with the signings, uh, including Onyemata. We talked. Uh, we talked Lindstrom extension. Now let's talk Jesse Bates again, Nick. Uh, you know what is just? I think Cynthia uh, Freeland. I think her last name is. She did like a top five free agents and who they would be the best fits with. Period. Based on analytics, like she did a WAR factor on it. You know, wins against replacement. And Jesse Bates was top five to the Atlanta Falcons and how much of an impact he would make. This is a big one. This is a big one, not for, you know, as a captain of the backside of that defense to go along. You know, AJ's, AJ Terrell's a great player, but he's he's kind of on the quieter side. You want your safety to be that 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 real leader back there. Yeah, he's one of the top five, six safeties in the NFL, and he got paid like it. What was it, the fourth biggest safety contract ever? I would not put him in the... Uh... Justin Simmons, Minka Fitzpatrick tier myself, but he is right there and he could be there after a season. I mean, really mm-hmm. just, you know, flip, uh, flipping it up. Uh, he did a lot in that Lou, Lou A uh, defense on that backside. It allowed a lot of versatility in the coverages for Cincinnati. And he is a big, long, versatile player. If you want to play him, play free safety, standalone canopy, he can do it. If you want him to come down and play the box or play the alley, he can do it. I don't think you're going to see him play like, you know, drop down and play man coverage in the slot uh, very much. But yeah, I think he's a, he's one of the mo- most talented young safeties in football and the Falcons defense by him being there is going to be <laughs> tremendously better on that secondary still need to probably figure out, you know, again, you're only as good as your pass rush and corners uh, in my opinion. So this is a, a big signing for a non-premium position, but you got a very plus player there that should help this defense and raise them by, you know, what, what would you say the Falcons were last year? Bottom eight defense? I, I think they ended up lower than that when it came to yardage and points. Uh, they were okay at points for a while, then then kind of squandered a little bit at the end. They were they were tough. They just they don't have the they didn't have the players. Yeah, you know, there I mean, were you don't have the horses. Just, then what just didn't do? have the players that you know. I I went through their defense, you know, last year in a tweet on where how they all were required acquired, mm-hmm. and there was like four practice squad guys. You know, Titans cut, Bears cut, etc. Uh, we've got just a couple more minutes before we've got to go over to Mile High Huddle. Um, so those of you that are coming in, I know that the Facebook groups find you a little late. Come leave, leave me comments. I'll I'll check them out for sure. Um, because this is an exciting day for you know, an exciting week for Falcons fans. 
Uh, but who would you take right now for the Falcons between Gonzalez at corner and Van Ness uh, at edge if you're the Falcons? Let's say the draft started tomorrow, free agency's done. You know, so no, you can't use the, well, let's see what happens the rest of free agency. Free agency's done. The draft is now. Right tackle is sorted. Let's say that part. Right tackle sorted. You've got to pick, you're going to pick between these two. Who's it going to be? You know, I'm a huge Iowa guy. Lucas Van Ness is great. I think Christian Gonzalez is a slightly better prospect. Uh, so I'd probably go with him. I think you also can probably still find a pretty damn good edge rusher uh, round two this class. Granted, you can find a great cornerback too, but I like uh, Christian Gonzalez probably slightly more. I think he's uh, more versatile and I think a safer prospect than Lucas Van Ness, which is a little bit more projection with him. So I probably lean Christian Gonzalez, but I, it's this is a hard one. And I'd probably go the other way just because I like the pass rusher that, that the Falcons haven't had in so many years that I'm, I'm really intrigued with a 6'5", 270-pound guy that's running the four fives with athleticism and length. Um, my, my, the scary part of that is, does it, you know, does he become Jamal Anderson? You know, the bad one, not the good one, um, who was a, a, had a similar profile, but I, I think this guy's got a better motor than, than Jamal Anderson did coming out. I would probably go cause I still want that fire breathing edge, that number one out there who you've got to watch and then turn Ebiketti loose on the backside, D'Angelo Malone, the speed guy on the backside. I would still probably go Van Ness, but either way, I would be thrilled with the Falcons to be able to get an edge or corner um, right here like this. And Jason asked about Brisset because he says, you know, yeah, we'd, we'd love to have McGarry sorted and then go with an, an edge or maybe even Brisset at defensive tackle out of Clemson. If he's your best guy, then yes. But right now I think the Onyemata signing takes Brisset kind of, not off the board, obviously, but moves him down a little bit. If I've got three guys equal, I'm going with a bigger need right now at a premium position, which would be edge or corner. Yeah, the only defensive tackle that I'm considering at eight, assuming the character stuff checks out, is Jalen Carter. Uh, I mean, I yeah. think Brisset's more close, going to be picked closer to your second round pick than he is to pick eight overall. Yeah, he's fallen. He has fallen a little bit. So, um, you know, maybe he sneaks down to set two and you grab him there. Yeah. Um, Dave says, good morning. Do the Falcons bring back Chuma Adoga to play left guard? He played well in his one start last season. I think Chuma is a decent backup number eight of your of your on your roster for offensive linemen. Um, I, I'd bring Wilkinson back before I'd bring back Chuma Adoga, though. I know Adoga battled injuries, but I would probably bring back. Um, I would probably go Wilkinson. I've already forgotten his name. Eli Wilkinson first before I would go. Um, before I would go Adoga. Um, he was just, he was always so hurt, Dave. It was tough to, tough to get uh, a, a real good handle on him. And I don't want the guys that are hurt anymore. And Candler says, we signed Taylor. We started with, with, uh, Taylor Heineke. Um, now you got, I got Wilkerson, Wilkinson, Tyler, Taylor, uh, the coffee's kicking in. I'm, I'm getting all confused here. So, but Taylor Heineke, yes, very good signing about 10 per on a two-year deal. My guess it's a Marcus Mariota contract where it's a two-year deal with no dead cap in the second year. So it's a one-year deal with a one-year club option. Uh, and good morning to you as well. Michael Gam uh, Grimmage, appreciate you coming in, rocking that 21. Uh, that's Sanders old school for me. Um, how do you feel about Ritter? I'm still real interested in seeing Desmond Ritter. Looking for him to, looking for him to play and improve. And I think they're building a team around him that can protect him, where it's not going to be a quarterback-centric offense, Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And Zach Schaefer asking about uh, Bradbury. 
the uh, cornerback James Bradbury changing his Instagram location in Atlanta. I don't know anything about that. I wouldn't read too much into Instagram, but how would he be if you sign him? It would probably be a short term and he would help that cornerback room a lot uh, for a season on that opposite side of AJ Terrell. So that would be a good one. Connor B. Sorry, guys, I'm late. Thoughts on Taylor Heineke. Talked about it to the top of the show, so make sure you mm-hmm. go back um, and says this means going to ride Ritter for a year. I think it points more towards Ritter, but I still would not rule out quarterback. I just I I have not seen enough from Ritter. The third round investments, the biggest piece of information we have on him, and that doesn't say that all in. Now, you could go with him this season, but there's an opportunity cost uh, potentially with that. So I would not close the book on any possibilities of quarterback still Ritter being far and away the most likely, but still other possibilities. I'm going to, um, I'm going to rapid fire through this. Cause we've got to go, we've got to get over to mile high huddle. So say goodbye to Nick and I'm going to, I'm going to get us out of here. Um, and yes, I think Ritter gets a, gets a thing. Michael Corietti says 10 million a year for a tight end two is a bit high. I agree. I think he's going to get a restructure. I really do. I think he'll, you'll, you'll see that, He's going to, he's got a $6 million dead cap, which is basically a guarantee of $6 million that he's already been paid. The Falcons will say, we'll pay you that $6 million and we'll give you a two-year deal and a $10, and a $10 million contract. So now your, your cap number drops to five. Uh, I think he is a prime candidate for a restructure or they could just ride it and then they wouldn't owe him anything next year. So we'll see. They'll, they'll see where they, where they are. Um, I think you talked about Bradbury on, with Zach. I didn't see that one. Um, where do the Falcons rank from one to 10 on, on free agency? I'd give yesterday a 10, uh, you know, the only thing that could have made it better is if Davenport had maybe signed too. you get that edge. And then finally I'm gonna hit Brendan. And then we got to go it says, Hey, Nick and Scott, I think people forget. We really don't need an edge anymore in my eyes. At least we have Lorenzo, D'Angelo, Ebiketti, Grady, Anyamata, Taekwon Graham. Why settle for the third best edge when you can have the first best corner? Um, because not. All number ones are created equally. The third best edge could be better than the first corner. And all of those guys you mentioned so far last year, we had last year in Atlanta, Lorenzo had four sacks. I think D'Angelo had one. Ebiketti had two and a half. Grady led the team with six. Anyamata had five or six. And Taquan Graham was injured. Uh, looking across that, the last three of those guys are interior alignment, not necessarily ex- not edge. Uh, Lorenzo is a rotational level. D'Angelo was a third round backup level. Ebiketti is a good starter. You still don't have a number one starting edge. Still don't have one. That's why you've had 21 sacks last year, 18 the year before. You still don't have, with those three guys, Lorenzo, D'Angelo, Ebiketti, you had them last year and couldn't pressure the quarterback. On that note, we got to get out of here. We'll see you over at Mile High Huddle, or we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Rapid fire, guys. Bonus pod. It's been an exciting 24 hours in the Falcons Nation. We'll see you tomorrow. A car shopping experience meets an out-of-body experience. With 50,000 cars added daily and unbelievably smart matchmaking, the new Cars.com 